Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. <whistles> oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <laughs> ole, ole, it's show time. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And the time is finally upon us. It's time to start the Great Disney Scavenger Hunt. We're waiting in line. Going to check in and get started. So our team whittled down to just me and Kurt. So Kurt is here with me. And we're going to get this thing done. And we're going we're gonna to win, right, Kurt? We're going to win. We're, we're planning on that cruise. We're going to win. That's right. That's exactly that's it. it. It's, that's the whole key. Yes. And it's really cool. A lot of teams here having some fun. Yes. Got a team in front of us. It's, it, it's great. They're just like scouts. This is so funny. <laughs> I love this. Can I get a picture of you three? Of course. Do you mind? <laughs> And so we went into the Magic Kingdom, and we uh, spent our three hours doing the hunt. Now, a couple of observations. One, it was a little bit on the hot side. Uh, I didn't think it was that hot, but it was a little on the hot side. And two, three hours goes by in a heartbeat. I don't know if you ever noticed when you're standing in line doing different things in different attractions, sometimes it just feels like you know time kind of has this way of slipping away. Imagine trying to complete something in under three hours. Uh, you really have to move through the park. So uh, organization is key. We sat down and we looked at the book when we started, and tried to figure out where various things were by organizing, you know, the different locations they were in. So this is in Tomorrowland or this is in Adventureland or whatever. And tried to organize those. And when we went around through the parks, we were able to uh, kind of find things a little more easily. Now, another thing, uh, they have the points arranged. It's one point, two points, or uh, I'm sorry, one point, five points or ten points. And, uh, you know, you really want to try and hit those ten-point questions. Ten-point questions require you to go to one location and then go across to somewhere else and do something. And the uh, five-point questions take a little detailed thought usually. Uh, in one of the um, areas that you're in. The one-point questions are just observational things, things that you hear, things that you read, uh, something like that. Um, and the one-point questions, if you're really knowledgeable about the park, you can answer some of those right off the bat. Uh, at least that's what I was finding a lot of those I could ha handle. But the five-point questions were a lot harder. Um, you know, they just, you know, they asked for something that was just a little more detailed, and you had to peel back the onion just a little bit, as it were, and be able to try to understand what was happening. The ten-point questions, you really had to work to get those. Uh, so... Really interesting time spending the three hours, and it, it moved by very quickly, and it was really tricky, and um, we had a great, but we had a great time. So just to give you a sense of the kinds of questions that they asked while you were out on the uh, scavenger hunt, let me read to you a couple of the one-point questions from the Magic Kingdom, 
Inside Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe, locate the poster advertising Sunny Eclipse. He's the, quote, biggest blank in the galaxy. Your job is to fill in the blank. Of course, the answer here is Little Star. Another representative question, how many rowdy spirits are enjoying their swinging wake on the chandelier in the Haunted Mansion Ballroom? It actually turns out the number is three. I had to think about that one a little bit. We didn't ride the ride um, that day. Now let me give you a five-point question. This one's called Substitutionary Locomotive. Nice little play on words there uh, from the um, bed knobs and broomsticks uh, storyline. Find the informative poster uh, describing our uh, genuine uh, steam locomotives at the Walt Disney World Railroad on the first level of the Main Street, first level of the Main Street Station. Locate the poster describing the Lily Bell and considering the letter L, uh, as in starting Lily Bell, as the first letter of word number one, identify the first letter of the following words. Do not count numerical digits as words. The first letters of words 3, 8, 13, 25, and 39. Now unscramble these letters to determine a, an important city in the history of the Magic Kingdom uh, Park trains. And it turns out that if you take all those letters, the letters uh, turn out to spell the word Tampa because the trains were brought in through Tampa. And if you happen to know that, all the better, but uh, you could take the time to go into the Main Street Station and take a look. And then to give you a sense of the 10-point questions, all aboard for a challenge. In Main Street Station, discover which of the four Walt Disney World Railroad locomotives dates back to 1928. Next, go to the entrance of a park icon that shares part of that train's name. Take note of uh, the shape of a weather vane on the roof, find an image of a similar shape on a second-story Main Street window, and write the name of the person whose name is featured just below that image as your answer. <laughs> the answer, of course, that they're looking for is Roy Disney. His name appears on a window underneath a ship. And the weather vane, of course, is on top of the Haunted Mansion. It's a, uh, it's a ship. So you kind of have to follow through to be able to get to that. A little tricky, huh? Uh, so now it's time to take a break. We're going to take a little break and head over to Epcot to do our next uh, hunt. What they tell you is uh, you can do as many as you want in the first day. Uh, you have from whenever you start around, we start around 1030. You have three hours to do the hunt, and then after that you can keep moving from park to park. Every park is three hours except for Epcot, which is four. And if you can do three parks on the first day, more power to you. Um, I think we're going to stick to two. I mean, it's really taxing to go through and try to do these, so I think we'll stick to two parks. We'll, uh, we'll go to Epcot, and then we'll do the other two parks tomorrow. All right, so we're at Epcot, and uh, we're getting ready to do the hunt. We, uh, we had a nice lunch. We had an opportunity to sit down at, uh, at the Mexico Pavilion and have a little lunch today, so that was uh, kind of fun. Um, and uh, we met another, another person who was doing a hunt with another team and talked to her for a while. It was kind of fun, uh, very entertaining. Um, but now we're ready to get go in and start uh, start doing the hunt in Epcot. We have four hours to complete this one, and uh, it's going to be tough. I can see that already. Um, you know, just thinking about how big Epcot is and how many different uh, pavilions there are between uh, the Interventions Plaza and all of the uh, countries. So here goes. Now let me give you a sense of a couple of the questions in the Epcot challenge. Uh, first, a couple of one-point questions. Which World Showcase Pavilion features grass on a portion of its roof? Hmm, good question. It actually turns out to be Norway. If you walk along, you'll see the grass on the roof. Another one, inside the Upside Down House and Journey into Imagination with Figment, identify the number of onion rings plated on the table. Turns out the number of onion rings is three. They form a uh, Mickey head. Uh, but uh, we missed it on the, um, as we were going through and had to learn about it later. One of the five-point questions that kind of sums up the way it worked, Swim your way to Bruce's sub house, inside the seas with Nemo and friends, and find Bruce's scrapbook. 
Listen to the lengths of certain types of sharks that can grow to. Start with the length of a basking shark and subtract it from the length of a zebra shark. From that figure, subtract the length of a cookie cutter shark. You should now have a number that is attributed to the length of another type of shark. Write that name of the shark as your answer. So you had to sit there and go through them all and figure out which one was which, do the math, and figure out which one was the correct length in that case. A 10-point question that was uh, pretty representative. The computer wore tennis shoes, another reference to another Disney film. Identify the main colors on the pair of tennis shoes seen while riding into Journey into Imagination with Figment. Visit the nearest World Showcase pavilion whose flag is comprised of those same colors. On the exterior of a shop in that pavilion, the words by royal appointment are painted on what object? Write the name of the object as your answer. If you're looking, the pair of tennis shoes are right in front of the computer room and they're red and white. Red and white happens to be uh, the flag of Canada, which is the first pavilion you come to after, as you come into the, the World Showcase. So it happens to be Canada, and if you look around for a little bit in one of the shops there, they are, uh, they're making tools by royal appointment, and that's written on a saw, as it happens. So if you uh, happen to find that one, uh, you got 10 points for that. And uh, it was um, really something coming in and out of Epcot. Uh, four hours was the blink of an eye, literally. We started off and we were going around and we were feeling okay about things. Again, we organized our thoughts about where we thought things were. Um, the questions were similar in the nature of the one point, the five point, and the ten point questions and how they laid out. It was really, you know, a big challenge to be able to get into some of the uh, some of the questions and try to understand them and figure out where you needed to go. But we were able to uh, to make it through a large portion of it. We didn't finish all the countries and we didn't finish all of interventions uh, or future world. But we did finish a fair, a fair bit of it. Um, really amazing. So that's, uh, that's the rest of the, today's hunt. We'll do the other two parks tomorrow, uh, starting off at 9 o'clock in the morning. For now, I think we're going to go and just uh, relax. It's, um, it's already, uh, you know, now it's almost 6 o'clock, and we've got to, you know, we're just wiped out from the day. Uh, so it's time to go on and do something else and then maybe, uh, maybe get some sleep. All right, day two of the hunt. 9 o'clock in the morning, and we are ready to go. We got up this morning and headed over and got a little breakfast at downtown Disney, a little uh, egg uh, uh, egg and an and a English muffin there at the uh, Earl of Sandwich, and uh, we're raring to go. We're ready to go out there and hit it. Uh, so here we go. We're going to go to the Animal Kingdom first and try and get this one done. Uh, we have three hours to complete this hunt. Uh, again, Animal Kingdom is probably, while I love this park, it's probably the one I'm the least familiar with in terms of all the little ins and outs and niches and different things that are there, just because I haven't spent as much time there. Um, so we'll see how it goes. In the Animal Kingdom, a couple of representative one-point questions. According to the sign outside Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures that features a comet, what kind of sale is being held? It's an extinction sale. Another one-point question, identify the painted words near the top of the building housing Yak and Yeti restaurant, find food, drink, and blank, and you have to fill in the blank. And if you look carefully, it says condition there. The five-point question that represents the, uh, the effort, uh, welcoming whimsical wildlife. Identify the total number of bug ambassadors that endorm the marquee for it's tough to be a bug. Add that number to the total number of owls that top the lamppost at the entrance to Disney's Outfitters facing the Tree of Life. Do not count all the owls surrounding the entire building. Identify the attraction that corresponds with the resulting sum on the park guide map and the animals listed in the map's description of that attraction. 
atop the park tip board in Discovery Island find a depiction of one of the animals listed in that description and write your animal as that answer. So it turns out that if you do all the things that are there, you're actually looking for an elephant. And then uh, finally, the uh, 10 point question that we got uh, as representative in the um, animal kingdom. Tall as a giraffe or naked as a mole rat? Add together the red digits that appear above the words IR Smart on the trailer outside Restaurantosaurus. So you have to know where Restaurantosaurus is uh, back around behind the uh, Dino Land. Uh, go to the location identified by that number on the park on the guide map and determine the year in which this place was established. Add together the four digits that make up that year and proceed to the attraction on the guide map that's associated with that number and write the height in inches required to experience that attraction as your answer. So you had to kind of piece it all together and ultimately come up with Expedition Everest and the uh, height requirement I believe is 48 inches. So, you know, really tricky stuff to be able to get to some of these answers, don't you think? And that, uh, that was a, a tricky one. Um, one of the problems with, um, with, with Animal Kingdom is that you, know, you don't have the distinct lands. It's laid out in a very different way. I mean, you have Dino Land, you have Asia, you have Africa, and you have Discovery Island. But it's, it's laid out in such a way, you know, you can move between the lands, but it's not the same hub and spoke system where you have things that are very distinctly one or the other. Oh, and of course you have Camp Mini Mickey, too. Uh, we didn't even make it over to Camp Mini Mickey. We stayed over at the other, uh, the other areas. We spent a lot of time in Dino Land. A uh, fair amount of time in uh, Asia and then some time in Africa. And we got as much done as we possibly could, but we were not able to finish. This was probably the one where we finished the least, but I think we got the most 10-point questions of all of them. Where we were able to uh, hit more 10-point questions and get more uh, answers that we think are correct for better points. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It was, uh, it was a really interesting adventure to be able to go through there and, uh, and look around and try to pick things out. I mean, you know, there were questions about animals. There were questions about the, uh, the locations uh, and so on. Uh, questions about you know, where you're, uh, some, of the, some of the signage you saw, some of the things that were going on. You know, you had to look at the uh, plaques around the place and understand you know, what was going on with those. It was really tricky. Uh, we have about, um, you only have eight hours today to do things because everything has to be turned in by five. Uh, so, you know, that was three hours. We have a little over an hour. We're going to grab some lunch over at the Flame Tree, and then we're going to go and uh, go into uh, the uh, studios. And here we are at the studios for the last of our uh, four parks. And uh, this one's going to be interesting also. Uh, we um, we know we both know the studios a little bit. We understand some of the architecture and, and so on. I think I have a better feel for what's here than I did at other uh, other parks uh, than I did at the Animal Kingdom anyway. Uh, so we'll see how see how it goes. Uh, here goes here goes nothing. This is our last park, and we got three hours to get it done. Looking at the studios, a couple of representative one point questions: What character occupies a second floor office above the Hollywood and Vine Restaurant Marquee? Turns out it's Eddie Valiant from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Pretty cute little joke there. Another one-point question. What object is Miss Piggy holding in her left arm on the fountain located outside Muppet Vision 3D? In her right arm, she's holding a torch, much like the Statue of Liberty. In her left arm, she's holding a heart-shaped box like a box of candies. For the five-point questions, the Hollywood that never was and will always be, Go to the park dedication plaque found near the center of Disney's Hollywood Studios. Considering the word the, as in the world, as word number one, identify the first letter of the words 
the number 5, 8, 17, 21, 27, 32, and 46. So you just count along and get the letters. Unscramble the letters to form the full name of a movie star who participated in the opening ceremonies of the park back in 1989. Now we got all the letters and we looked at them and we're going, who the heck is this? And finally it just dawned on me, like all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's Bob Hope. Bob Hope was the person we were looking for. And then in the 10-point questions, identify the primary subject of a window display at the Venture Travel Company on the Streets of America. Elsewhere on the Streets of America, identify the opening time of the House of Magic shop. Go to the location identified by that number on the park guide map. At that location, find a plaque related to the subject from Venture Travel's window. Okay. So, Venture Travel. You're looking in there and you, um, you try to figure out, you know, they, they, they obviously do vacation club, they do um, cruises, they do travel. So uh, if you look for the Magic Shop, you find that they open at 11. 11 happens to be um, Walt Disney One Man's Dream. You go over there, you look around for a while. And here's where it gets tricky. There happens to be a travel trunk that's sitting in uh, by his Hyperion Studios desk. And our assumption was that it was the travel trunk we were looking for, so the answer was travel. I've heard since, I talked to someone else who told me that they actually thought that there's a plaque right by the door that talks about the uh, Disney Cruise Line. And uh, they think it actually um, is, would be the word Disney is the answer because it's Disney Cruise Line. Now, which one is correct? I'm not entirely sure. But uh, clearly we were in the right location and we, had, uh, we, were, we were going on the right path there. It's just a question of, you know, which way is absolutely correct? You, well, you know, kind of going back and thinking about that window, that particular window had a lot to do with cruise lines. So potentially that could be right. I'm not sure which one is right, though. Well, here it is. It's 5 o'clock. We've just turned in our book and uh, feeling pretty good about this park. Um, you know, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that we won this event. I don't even know if we finished in the top 10%, but we had a blast. It was so much fun to look at different things and look at Disney from a different, different perspective. I think in all, we rode on a total of maybe four attractions the whole time we were here. Um, I, think it was, uh, I think it was the Land Ride uh, in uh, Epcot. Uh, in the Magic Kingdom, the only thing we rode on was um, Buzz Lightyear, and uh, gosh, what do we in the Animal Kingdom? I don't think we we rode on anything, and then uh, in the studios, maybe it was only two things we rode on. Uh, in the studios, we didn't ride on anything. You spend so much time trying to pick up clues and information that you don't have time to ride on the different attractions. Um, but it was really, really cool to be able to go around and look at these different things and uh, try to understand them. Uh, as I said, you know, the points were set up. It was uh, 1, 5, and uh, 10 points. Um, the way I see it, it was 10 10-point questions, uh, 10 5-point questions, and 75 1-point questions. And I believe then the total would be 225 for each of the parks. Uh, so that could give you a total of 900 points that you can get, which is uh, pretty significant. I figure, I'm going to guess we got in the range of like four or 500, um, you know, maybe maybe closer to 5, but I, I really couldn't say. Uh you know, it was it was really just so much fun, and it doesn't matter how I scored. Um, it was just it was incredible. It was just an amazing time, and it was so much fun, and I really loved it. I mean, this was something that I just felt like I had to do. It felt like it was all me um, talking about Disney World and being able to go and go on a scavenger hunt. Uh, I just think it was really amazing, and I, I really I really had a good time. Um, you can head over to my site, uh, DisneyPodcast.net, and I'll put a link to the actual questions that are there. Maybe the next time you go to the Disney parks, you'd want to take a little time and go through some of the questions. You're more than welcome to do that and uh, you know, try some of them, pick and choose a few, and see how you do. Uh, you know, and remember that you're under the time pressure. 
Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, I gotta be moving along. He's looking for a little more adventure. I'm heading for a little bit of fun now. He's hoping for a little more excitement. Time to be moving along. It's time to be moving along. Time to be moving along.